Welcome back, filthies. In the middle of a civil war that we don't know about yet, really. Oh, it's gearing up. I really believe that <laughs> it's going to start any moment. Unfortunately, let's just stay prayed up and snacked out. Welcome back to Unpack Filth. And I am your host, E with a K. And I am going to start Antifa. Don't worry, I'm going to bring some cupcakes and a dartboard with Mitch McConnell's face so we can all have community time. <laughs> and I'm your host, E with a C, and I will bring uh, candles from Black women-owned businesses because we're the future liberals want. <laughs> it's just some <laughs> candle-burning hippies. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Fostering community, how dare we? It brings a new meaning to Burning Man. Not as many white people. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> the white people can come as long as you're not, like, I don't know, a Trumper or a QAnon. The episode that we were going to bring you guys last week, but, you know, there was an insurgence. A whole ass coup. And somehow this episode didn't feel right to record. I don't know why. It felt like bad timing. To say, to say the least. Yeah, to say the least, it was kind of bad timing. And um, I felt like it was a moment in history where it happened on the day that we were recording. So, like, our raw feelings were actually captured, which I like because we can go back and revisit this um, in the future. Hopefully, America doesn't get burnt to the ground. But it, it seems... Yeah. <laughs> here, here are my like quick synopsis of this like weird complicated feeling initial thought they could burn this shit to the ground because we need to make a lot of amends particularly to the black community but also I live here and I would not like to be a part of like a racist white supremacist field war and that's it I will as always echo that feeling and honestly I think this is a great time to talk about the future <laughs> and what we can learn from our past and all of that in this episode where we talk about finances. Who? And because we're talking about finances, that means we're great at them, right? It means we're so fabulous. Actually, I had <laughs> to completely derail my life, burn it to the ground, to a crisp, actually, and then rise from the ashes like a phoenix. Yep. <laughs> I, that, I'm nodding. And since this is an audio platform, you can't see me nodding. But yeah, sometimes finances like bring you to the brink of, okay, I just need to start this shit over again because clearly something is fucking up. Mm. Well, the thing with uh, our age group, the millennials, is we have realized that a lot of us, including ourselves, fuck some shit up before we realize what we're actually fucking up. And um, I took some feedback from the filthies, which we'll get into later. But on this episode, we're going to talk about our um, financial journeys, um, our habits that we had to overcome. I'm going to go woo-woo on you and give you some manifestation tips for how to get in the mindset of, you know, how to grow and get out of, 
the financial ruts that we all at some points in our lives find ourselves in. And it's just going to be a great time, right? Because finances is always like a fun, great time. But no, no, you're with E with a K and E with a C. So you're going to have some laughs. Oh, we're going to get filthy. I'm going to tell you in excruciating details how I ruined my life and how you can avoid ruining your life if you're under the age of 25. (laughs) If you're over that age, it might be too late for you. In fact, it is actually too late. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so um, let's get into it. Let's start Unpacked Filth Style by going way back in our wee biddle selves (laughs) to when we um, first realized that finance, credit, and money was important. So I'll start with you, E with a C. Oh, um, so I knew money was important when I joined AmeriCorps at the young tender age of 22. Was it 22? Yeah, 22. I just graduated college, had no idea what I was going to do in my life. And decided to sign up for a program that paid minimum wage, actually below minimum wage, so you were on the poverty line. And at the end of the year of service, you were giving a given a stipend of, I think, $7,000 or some shit like that. So I heard someone put it as, it's the government giving you money to then give them money for their student loans. So trying to survive below um, the poverty line and being on food stamps and everything and trying to figure out like, well, should I defer my loans? Which yes, absolutely. I didn't have any money for these fucking student loans or all right, I get paid every two weeks. What can wait? What can't wait? And like really learning how to live paycheck to paycheck and not having a whole lot of help kind of sent me on track for, um, Figuring out how to make it paycheck to paycheck with some wiggle room. And then when I moved back to South Carolina and I got a job at a call center. Nobody really taught me about credit, but it was whispered kind of like this free money thing. So I got a credit card and I was like, oh, my God, $2,000 of free money, which no, (laughs) it's $2,000 with interest. and payments and just this looming debt over your head mm-hmm. but the first thing I did was bought I bought a new cell phone because my old cell phone was like taking a nosedive to wherever cell phones go to die and I'm still paying off that cell phone and I got that credit card in 2014 2015 I'm still paying off that cell phone I still have that cell phone but I'm still paying it off that's crazy <laughs> I don't think I ever actually answered the question. I don't think it kicked in that all of this stuff is actually important and I have to deal with it for the rest of my fucking life until about 27. 27, <laughs> thinking about money just kind of clicked into place. Before that, floundering like a broke-ass fish. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I relate to that story so much. And I think a lot of our listeners, according to... Um, our conversation on social media definitely probably have that same experience. Um, For myself, I think I was around the same age when I decided to go off on my own, get a job, um, 
decide to have some financial responsibilities and really pay my own bills. I mean, getting a bill in your own name is kind of the first step to adulthood. (laughs) And I think it was, um, well, I think it was my first apartment that I wasn't living on campus after I graduated as well. Um, I got an apartment. I used all my graduation money to pay for the down payment of my apartment, moved in like a month after I graduated. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I pretty much started this life. I was doing okay for a while. I think it was a year until I actually decided to get a credit card. Um, And just taking some ownership on that. My dad has always told me about credit cards and how um, if you're going to get one, you got to like wrap your head around it, that that's money that you have to pay back. And I remember in college, I did ask him what he thought about me getting a credit card. And he pretty much said, like, well, I can do what I want, but just remember those things because I had a job at the time. Um, Fast forward, like I said, back to post-graduating from undergrad. um, I, I think I realized that money was something that you needed to be responsible about when I had to help my significant other understand that, like, money and credit was in my name because we had a lot of bills that were in my name and I stressed the importance of paying them on time. And when somebody who says that they want to help you pay said bills, um, doesn't really like take the same ownership and responsibility. And why would they? Because it's, it's not their name, but to that, to that point of just realizing like this stuff is important. And I just slowly, got into the habit of like fixing things and I finally got a credit card and it just snowballed from there. I mean, you can only imagine what happened. Um, and for me, it was really eye opening that I didn't have good money habits. The money habits that I thought I had were not sustainable as an adult. And I think that with a lot of us, it comes to a point where you have to realize that maybe you don't know everything. And I, I think it's very humbling. Uh, it's a humbling feeling when you're like, oh, this thing that I thought would be so simple, like managing my own income, because you get paid, but managing your own income and then trying to figure out how to live off of that income is very jarring for young people, especially. Mm-hmm. And I think the other part of it is, is, like, we look at our income and know we're not supposed to just be surviving off of it and we truly want to experience things. So right. you have to balance that desire to go to a nice restaurant or go to a concert back when you could go to concerts or, you know, go to go out and party when that was the thing. Oh, God, I'm getting all sad now. We're <laughs> going to get past this pandemic and we will live again. Just, God. I will dance again. Um, so with this part of the episode, I do want to read some of the comments about, um, the question I asked on social media, um, a couple of days ago. And I was surprised by a lot of the answers. Were you? Yes and no. Um, and I think because I grew up in a lower socioeconomic class, I 
when people talked about money, it was mostly to talk about how much money they owed or how much money they didn't have. They didn't talk about how to manage it. And I was more surprised like people who were kind of like, yeah, I like learned it in high school and decided like I wanted to learn more of it. Like, I think I saw someone who was like, yeah, I learned about it in high school. I'm like, what? When? How? Who? <laughs> I did ask that question. Who taught you? <laughs> um, yeah, I think that as, if you were taught good money management skills as a youngin, then you're really lucky. Because in my household, like my parents, and I think I've said this on past episodes, um, they didn't talk about money in front of us. And so the concept of money for me as a little bit, um, it, it, for me, money was a, I knew it was something that was important and something that was obviously there and that you needed, but it just wasn't talked about. And so I guess um, it kind of shaped how I viewed money later in life. But I have some things pulled up. Um, so... One of my favorite comments was, let's see. One of the comments said, um, actually, let me start over. Um, so I asked on Facebook who was taught about money growing up and money management skills, and if so, by whom? And my favorite comment was, we did but we were also peddled with go to college so you won't be a burger flipper narrative. So we put ourselves in interest accruing debt we didn't understand and know how to budget for. And poor kids learn to look down on burger flippers. Glad I got it all, to be honest. And I really like that answer because um, I never really look down on people, but I do remember this narrative of go to college and when I was applying for my student loans it was something that was necessary and I just thought it was something that we had to do which we talked about in future or past episodes mm-hmm. um one person okay. said go ahead sorry I said it felt like there was no other way to get to college except to get a loan like that was part and par for the course Exactly. It was part of the thing that you just, like we said on one episode, it's just what you did. And that's what we're kind of combating, but I digress. Um, (laughs) Okay. One person said, not even how to balance a checkbook. And if you are older than um, us, then you would know what a checkbook is. If you're younger than us by, I think, three years, you probably missed the checkbook error. Uh, but anyway um, so not that most people use them nowadays anyway but knowing how to do my taxes before my first job would have helped Um, another person and then we'll wrap this up is yes my mother taught me um, she learned bookkeeping in high school and being a bookkeeper her entire adult life she taught me about credit credit school scores how to balance a checkbook, save 401k, and insurance. It's come in handy. She taught me how to manage debt and not get into debt debt in that. 
I started working on credit the minute I turned 18, which is a long conversation <laughs> that mm-hmm. I will touch on this episode with E with a C. Um, so what do you think about all those comments? My first, okay, so my very first reaction, I, I stated it earlier, like, there's this narrative that it is okay to borrow money to go to college without really putting into the framework how much money you'll owe, what it'll take to pay it back, and what kind of jobs you almost have to be guaranteed to get once you get out of college. And there's no guarantee of getting any specific job out of college, or even if you'll like the field that you want to pursue. Um, my second thing is they really need to start teaching, like, taxes and money management in high school. Like, you know how much I remember of fucking algebra or calculus? None. (laughs) Nothing. No. Nothing. I barely remember the slope equation, and even now I'm, like, kind of struggling to remember it. Yeah, I don't remember any of that shit, and it wasn't something I took with me in my higher education, really. Um, I went back to, like, basic-ass math because I was like, fuck this, I don't need this. But kind of pushed into the workforce with a blindfold and with our hands stretched out, but not knowing what we're supposed to grab or where we're supposed to go. And then the adults that raised us and the generation that's watching us that came before us that kind of had it easier than we did, objectively had it easier than we did, are judging us for not understanding it immediately. Yep, I'm marinating on that. Uh, Specifically, when, I mean, if you really think about it, I remember in middle school, they were talking to us about careers. And they were like, you really need to think about what you want to do when you get older. And to ask a 12-year-old, like, (laughs) some people know they want to be like a doctor or a lawyer or whatever. But there are so many different careers out here. And to ask a 12-year-old, what do you think you're going to want to do when your brain is fully developed and you have this whole life that you have yet to experience and you're supposed to forecast what you think you want to do when you get older? And it's really a disservice to young people when instead of trying to get us to learn about um, what we think we want to do, teach us skills to help navigate when we make those decisions about our lives. I think that... I can go on and on about the education system and I'm sure that E with a C can as well. But what we really want to stress here and why we're unpacking this is that we feel a lot of the times looking at these um, boomers and Gen Xers or whatever they are, when they judge us for like our avocado toast or like wanting to go to brunch or whatever, um, we really haven't had the conversations with the generation before us to make sure that we're equipped for these moments that we have experienced in our lives. So we're going to talk about um, what we have learned and pretty much try to take you guys with us and have a full in-depth conversation about this topic. Right. Right. And real quick. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. There are so few joys in life as a millennial. Let me have my fucking brunch 
with my fucking bottomless mimosas and let me get plastered on the street. You had lead in the air and we have bottomless mimosas. What's up, broke bitches? <laughs> okay. I think y'all aren't broke, but if you are, you're not alone. <laughs> you're definitely not alone. So we really wanted to talk about our bad habits and then go into our good habits. So um, E with a C, what are some bad habits that you had with money when you were in your early 20s? Oh, I think this extends to like fucking now. <laughs> Have so you learned nothing? <laughs> apparently not. Um, one bad habit that I've had, and I think this just comes from growing up poor, is using your savings account as a second checking account. So I tend to put aside about 30% of my paycheck, which usually I can swing it, but then it's not even for bills that I move this money around. It's like, ooh, that top is cute. Or, ooh, I would definitely like to go out and, like, order some food. Or, oh, a one-way trip to wherever? Sign me up. Or night at a hotel? Say no more. Mm. Like, just just things that definitely don't need to um, be bought or services that don't need to be experienced. But I'm like, treat yourself 2021. It never stops. And then... That's how I have, like, $15 in my savings account. <laughs> no. I have more than that, but, you know, for the sake of the story, hyperbole. No, you didn't. I mean, I totally get what you mean. <laughs> um, well, okay, that's a good one. Okay, I have to preface it, because, you know, I'm E with a K. I have to, like, set things up. So my dad always told me about, like, the same money concept. So that means... If you have $100 in your bank account and you have a bill that's $75, the same money concept is basically, okay, if I'm going to get paid Friday, I might as well pay this bill that's going to come out of the money that I'm going to get on Friday. And if that makes sense, I hope I set that up fine, but with this concept, my bad habit was waiting to the last minute to pay a bill and spending the money that I was going to pay (laughs) the bill with on stuff that like, just, I thought I needed. And so by the time like I get paid, like my, my checking account is even lower than it was going to be. Cause I was like, Oh, I'll just pay that when I get paid on Friday. And it's okay that I spend this money today because I'm just going to get paid. Next thing I know, that $25 I would have had left over is now like five. (laughs) You're like, I can't even buy a pack of gum with this. Exactly. So that's a bad money habit that I had. (laughs) Anyone, any more from you? I think very similar to that. It's just the anticipation of like when I do my bills, I especially did this a lot in my twenties, my early twenties is just anticipate, okay, I'm going to get paid. And not really knowing how much I would get paid because of overtime and all that stuff, but being like, eh, I worked like this amount of hours. So according to my math, I'm going to get paid this much. So I can definitely splurge on, I don't know, a bag of chips that I wasn't normally going to splurge on and like increase my grocery bill. 
And then to find out, like, oh, I actually wasn't going to get paid as much as I thought. Maybe I should have not splurged on that. Mm. Again, that treat yourself mentality. But the world is a dumpster fire. So, yeah. Case of rock, Sadia. Oh, Jesus. You're so cynical this episode. I don't need to be. <laughs> so... I would echo that with um, one bad habit that I had was not spending money with with intention. So, like I said, I really didn't have a concept from... I really didn't have a concept of money growing up. So, that's kind of my cross to bear. I think a lot of people who grew up differently from I did um, didn't really have this problem. But thinking that money... I would just get more of it magically. And so just kind of spending blindly, not really paying attention to what my bills actually were and how much money I'm actually getting. And so the bad habit that I had was just like blindly spending. And like I said, not spending with intention and knowing what was going to come up next. So I think I'm like the opposite side of the coin. Cause some people would be like, I've never done that in my life, <laughs> but um, that was just my experience, especially when I, got out into the real world and you know I you get to the point where you're working so much and you're just like okay I have money I gotta buy things so that mm-hmm. was my things yeah my dad calls it the feeling of having money burning in your pocket oh exactly yep yep it's burning a hole in my pocket and I gotta spend it because mm-hmm. can't let the hole get too big yeah, and it's just this imaginary hole that you think, like, if you, if once you get this money, like, you have to spend it. And it took me years to realize, like, no, the fuck I don't. It can just sit there and I can be cool. And do what, though? Do what? We'll get to that later in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how are we getting to some good habits? Okay. You can go first if you want. Okay. So one of the best things I ever did for myself was utilize my calendar on my phone and put in when each bill was due, how much it was due, and if it was due by a certain time and whether or not it was auto pay or I had to put it in. So, and I would put in like the exact paydays, but I wouldn't put the end amounts because I wouldn't always know the amounts of how much I was getting paid. Which sounds weird, but if you factor in overtime and, like, all this other shit, then I genuinely just wouldn't know. Um, so, that helped me balance my budget a little bit more. So, if I did things like go grocery shopping and I would see, okay, I can realistically spend this much and be comfortable. Or I can't spend, like, I'm going to have to figure out something else because I can only spend this much. And not go, not um, have a negative balance in my account. Mm-hmm. So, utilize that calendar, literally the best thing I've ever done. Because sometimes I forget, like, what bills are coming out when. Absolutely, yeah. A lot of people do. Especially on auto pay. Oh, yeah. See, when you get to the point where you can put stuff on auto pay, you've made it. Listen. I put a lot of my shit on auto pay now and I forget like 50% of the actual dates that it comes out on. Mm, yeah. I I heard a really funny story from this lady when I was working for a cell phone company. 
and I was like, do you want to put your cell phone on auto pay? And it was an older lady. And she was like, no. And I was like, well, ma'am, you don't have to think about it. And you don't have to come into the store and pay your bill. Because that was the thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't want to put on auto pay because when I'm dead, they'll still be taking money out of my account. And then you'll be fucking me over twice. Oh. <laughs> Hold on. You can edit this out. But was she a white lady? I'm not editing that out. Hell yeah, she was. <laughs> <laughs> The fuck? Yeah, she was. I was like, oh, my southern white lady is like, alarm is beeping. I love southern white ladies in in that context when they just have like these zingers. Because I swear, like that, that whip is fast. She's like, I know your cell phone company tricks trying to take money from the dead. <laughs> right. Now, especially when I went into my mode of like, I am not going to live like this anymore. I'm going to get control of my finances is I wrote down everything that I spent money on. Now, if you're not like me and you don't like pen and paper, which is totally fine. um, You don't necessarily have to do that. But for me, in order to get in better control and in better um, realization of what I was spending money on and how often and like what kinds of things I was spending on. I had to write them down. So this is a very recent one and I'm lucky to have it. Well, actually I have two wrapped into one and I'm lucky to have both because now I work for an actual kind of corporation type thing. And two, I'm in a relatively stable relationship. But the first one, if you are in a relationship and you're saving for a common goal with your partner, have a joint savings account. Joint savings only. And that's where you can draw to, like, pay your bills together and to save for this project and keep the rest of your finances separate. Like, Professor X doesn't know, like, all my bills. I don't know his bills. And the only time we really, like, co-mingle our funds is that savings and when we split up our grocery bill. Um, The second thing is invest in a 401k if your company offers it. And just forget about that money. One of my good habits that I have developed over the course of many years of fucking up (laughs) is making sure that I prioritize and pay my bills first before I have fun. So for a lot of people, that means like everything is due on the same day. I used to work um, a job where my paychecks weren't always the same. So some people who have salary jobs, it might work a lot better for you. But um, pick a day where you know that you'll get the most money. For me, I worked commission, so I knew when my commission checks would hit. And all my bills would be due on that same day. So if you pay your bills first, then you can worry about like food <laughs> and all the extras. And I and it might sound weird, but I do consider food kind of an extra, even though it's an essential. I know that might not make sense to people, but it's just how I do things now. Huh. So I'm the opposite. I'm like, you know what? Bills can be negotiated. And for some of the bills, like student loans, 
um, I guess this is my other good tip, is actually call the companies and see if you can work something out. Because more likely than not, they'll take some money over no money. So if you're like, listen, I can really only afford like $25. And either you take the $25 or not. Right. More than likely you take it. At least they'll be like, you know what, for the month of February, we'll defer it. And we'll pick it up and we'll charge like blah, 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 blah. Yeah. The only reason why I I have that habit of paying the bills first is because I don't, I'm trying to get out of the habit of like owing people. And like, I feel like that unexpected money for me is a lot more annoying. So if like, if I let a bill roll over, like how I used to, um, I would have to owe like the past due and the current bill. And so if I just pay it, it just, it won't loom over my head. But that's to combat my own anxieties. All right. And really, um, I guess our overall and our tips is to prioritize what is most important to you and build from there. Mm-hmm. So if paying all your bills, all of your bills in full is important and you have the option to um, pay them all in full or to pay less, like figure out, all right, if I meet like the bare minimum, then I can afford blah, blah, blah. It's really like what your goal is. Yep. Which leads us into our next segment. Ooh. Mm. So our next segment, we're going to talk about how to set financial goals and reach them with a little manifestation. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you can't see me, which you can't, because I'm <laughs> an audio shaking my boobs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. <sighs> so I feel like we should tell the story about how we geared up to go to Boston. Mm. That's a great story that involves a lot of vision boards and manifestation and a lot of tears in the kitchen, mostly from me. <laughs> we definitely, I mean, not to blow up your spot, but like we had to get you together. <laughs> Listen, I was a fucking mess and mostly because of Jailbird, but also because of my money, which yeah. ties together again to Jailbird, that he was draining for me and I was just like I don't understand I'm so broke and there was like a money suck right there next to me literally a leech but anyway oh yes before we get into that oh you're gonna say what I'm gonna say I know you are go ahead don't spend your money on a dumbass partner who literally does nothing for you except be like I don't know why I can't hold down a job like I don't know, they just don't want me, but I'm the best fry cook, so I don't know. But don't you worry, I'll pay you back. Don't spend money on that fool. Yeah, don't don't tire money up with partners. Just don't. We, Me and E with a C have been down that road. And let me tell you, even if you have, you feel like you have the most solid relationship. If you're not married and you can't legally fuck that person, do not. <laughs> entangle your finances with these people don't fucking do it because they'll be like i got you and they don't got you they don't got themselves to the inspirational story that is our boston adventure now 
if we want to go back just a tad bit, we had the idea to go to Boston many years ago, I think in 2015, 16? Somewhere around there. 2016. Yep. 2016. And we were like, you know what? Sosa misses Boston. I've never lived anywhere other than the South. Let's fucking go. <laughs> and so realistically, I'm glad. And I, let me just say this about you, the C. Even though like we both have our like financial pitfalls, when it comes down to it, having somebody in your life, whether that be a friend or a partner who is like significantly grounded and has the same goals at you as you, it's really refreshing and it keeps you on track. So I will say that about E with a C when we said that we were going to go to Boston, it wasn't a, it wasn't like a pipe dream. It wasn't like something we were just passively saying, like we were dead ass serious and we were going to go no matter what the obstacles. And so we really held each other accountable. You in the beginning and me kind of, I I feel like I had to pry you away from that man. (laughs) (laughs) I had so much fucking money for like, To, like, show the obstacles really quick that I was going through, this man crashed my car, bought up my second car, and I lived with him and paid all the bills. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway. Simping for dick. (laughs) We decided to go to Boston. Um, We had tangible goals. We had the research to place. Luckily, you had lived there before. Um, we looked at how much housing would cost, how much moving would be. So realistically, we were like, okay, we have a certain amount that we have to save. And we did a really good job of collectively saving, which I forgot about until this very fucking moment. I forgot we like saved together through the cash app. (laughs) Cash app and that coin jar, which was the best thing that man ever got. Oh yeah. He did get her a, a coin jar, probably to remind you of all the money he wasn't giving you. No, his reason was, because you love money more than you love me, which, yes. (laughs) We would um, collectively uphold our agreement. So if she gave a little bit of money, I gave a little bit of money. And honestly, when it was time to go, like, we had it, right? Right. The only thing at the end for me Mm -hmm. was trying to find a job so I wasn't, jobless moving up there and I landed one and I was like okay well I just like with these checks coming in and we with these bills paying I'll have like a $200 difference that I'll need to make up somehow and it just kind of came because my boss at the time was like oh you never used this vacation so legally we have to pay you this vacation with your check and it just like, all came together the universe will bring some shit together if it's meant to be. And it's like, like oh, deal with this man? Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, we even had, like, a garage sale. I mean, Filthy, this story, I'm going to tell our grandchildren, like, and we scraped from the bottom of the barrel and <laughs> sold your precious red shorts that you paid $20 for and that Link only gave you four. <laughs> She tried to get it for three. I was like, no. <laughs> you were like, but I paid $20. So she was like, so $5 then. 
I was like, I'll take it. You found me. I'm desperate. Exactly. So, all right. So with that story being said, um, the goals that you have financially, even if you don't really have any pressing goals to move across the country, like how we did, you can still set small goals for yourself, whether that be weekly, monthly, or yearly. Um, So I actively have financial goals that I have been manifesting and reaching for the last like year and a half, but only because I was like, I had a Scarlett O'Hara moment from Gone with the Wind. And instead of like never being hungry again, like I never want to live paycheck to paycheck ever fucking again. Like I'm done with it. I'm over it. Can't do it. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) You never. Yeah. And so if you're not quite there yet, that's perfectly fine. This is not like an elitist show where we're just like, if you don't have it together, then, you know, there's something wrong with you. Absolutely not. We have all been in the gutter. Um, so do you have any financial goals that you have for yourself or are you just kind of like chilling? Um, it's not a super pressing financial goal, but my partner and I are thinking of moving again. So we're trying to save up as much money as possible. I'm trying to pay off a personal loan, which I'm about $50 away from. So I can then put more money towards other store credit cards. And pay those off. I paid off my Lane Bryant card. So that's fucking cool. And ultimately, I will pay off that Amazon store credit card. Someday. I had um, a Belk card. And first of all, Belk is a store from down south. It's kind of like Macy's, but southern. Kind of like panties. (laughs) Well, it's Weasley and polka dots. (laughs) Right. But I did get a Belk credit card twice actually um i can't believe they let me get another one because my other one i went into default and i owed two thousand dollars i paid it off and Mm -hmm. then i got another one and i fucked that up too so they just whatever but i never really shopped at belk until shit until i i wanted to spend money and i was like well i'm too poor to spend my actual cash so let me just go to belk horrible All right, so my financial goals included paying off my credit cards, which um, I texted you about a few months ago, paid those off. Um, And so now I'm focusing on building my savings. And so I set myself the goal to save a pretty substantial amount of money. I gave myself a time limit. So I think it was last, uh, it was last, August yeah last August or something and I was like by February of my birthday I want to have a certain amount of money and I did that thing I told you guys about earlier in the episode which I wrote down everything I was spending I like I had a savings goal every month so every month I would save like you know a couple hundred dollars or whatever and I I think back then we were having like a lot of fun. This is before the pandemic, obviously. Um, I guess this was two years ago. I'm having like a warped sense of time. But I, I was like, yeah, I can't afford that. I can't go to dinner and I can't like, I really tried to buckle down and stop doing the shit that made me spend money. <laughs> mm-hmm. But there I was being like, I'll pay for it. 
That's, I mean, oh my gosh. Sometimes I, this episode is making me remember why I love you so much. Like, come out to dinner with me. Yeah, I mean, I, I think like with our friendship, not to get all mushy on the filthies, but like, you know, there were times where like I didn't have it and then you would cover me. And then if you didn't have it, like I would cover you and it would be no big deal. And mm-hmm. I think like, you're just my partner, man. I fucking miss you. I just want to reach through you and just reach through this fucking screen. And we're trapped by the Rona. Anyway. So my financial goals were like monthly I was going to save a whole, um, yeah. Monthly I was going to save X amount of dollars. And then by the end of the year, I would, you know, have this money saved. And then also um, I would financially plan every month. So I'd plan out everything that I was going to spend, including everything down to like food and necessities. I'd plan it, write it down, put it in my journal. If I deviated, I would like have a five minute meditation on why (laughs) I didn't reach my goals. (laughs) It was intense. It sounds intense, but you don't have credit card debt anymore. Yeah, I don't have credit card debt and I have a very healthy savings account. And so very, I mean, within the last couple of months, I'm thinking about wherever I'm going to (laughs) live, buying a house, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Mm -hmm. (sighs) And that feels like a goal that is unattainable right now because of all the, just in terms of being a millennial, because of all the crushing debt that we're under. Mm -hmm. But I think if we... One, I don't think this is something that we can muscle through because if it was, I don't know a harder working group of people than fucking millennials. Two, um, again, it's just about figuring out like what your priorities are when it comes to finances and your credit card debt, which one you want to pay off first. Um, And three... It takes a lot of inner work to figure out what you want your money situation to be like. Because, again, if you grow up not really talking about money or talking about finances or talking about credit cards, like, I know in my case, the only message I really got was credit cards are bad. But never really talked about how you should build up credit or when it's okay to use credit cards or what you should be looking for if you do decide to get a credit card figuring out like what you've learned through capitalism and what you learned your upbringing and what actually works best for you especially if you're thinking of these long-term saving projects agreed because really Anybody who's listening to this podcast, if you're a millennial or even if you're older or younger, we really do have to purposely unlearn behaviors that our parents had, which they got from their grandparents. And we are breaking these generational, I don't want to say curses, but I would even go as far as to say burdens and burdens of like having these negative thoughts about money and and why it's so debilitating to even think about conquering your debt or conquering whatever financial hurdles that you have, especially in a pandemic where, you know, a lot of people lost their jobs and like the government said, fuck you. And I mean, 
it's just a what mask up pores yeah so it's a lot to overcome and so i would say don't beat yourself up about it if you're still working through those things um so we're going to talk about some manifestation are you ready i'm ready all right so as you guys know i am a witch And I have magical abilities that even I don't understand. But I will say that one of the main things that I would say about manifestation is you don't really even have to believe in it to have it work for you. Um, I was one of those people when I first started hearing about manifestation, like, and people would try to manifest like life partners and relationships and I was like fuck all that I'm done with that I want money and I want to be financially free (laughs) that was my thing now you don't have to get the crystals and you know the fucking woo woo and all that stuff to do manifestation work all you really need is either a piece of paper okay and It's a piece of paper that I want you guys to think about all the things that um, that you worry about that give you stress and write those down on your piece of paper. Um, For me, it was a lot of stuff. And this next step you don't have to do. But since we are unpacked filth and we have an obsession with candles, (laughs) um, you can put that burden or worry underneath a candle of your choosing. And you can either light it every night, but if you're just not into that, you can just set it and forget it. So really the intention behind this is to let go of all of your burdens and and stress regarding this topic. And then when we're speaking about financial goals, you're going to write those financial goals down. Um, Now, if you are not um, witchy like me, some people are Christian, so you can you know, spend a few minutes praying if that's what you want to do. But for me, like meditating on my list that I had, and you only do this once. So you sit with yourself once, put everything down on paper, things that you want to forget, fold that up, put it under the candle. And then the one that you want to keep, um, I place it somewhere where um, that's not going to get thrown away. So I have an altar, but you can put it wherever you want in your purse, in your bra, in your underpants I don't care (laughs) put it somewhere where you're not really gonna mess with it and um you can um not necessarily read it every day but look at it every day as a reminder so that's as woo-woo as it's going to be and so the reason why this is important in manifestation is things that you write down things that you say that you're going to do or that you want to do Um, a lot of times we let it fester in the back of our mind and it, it becomes like one of those things that you lay down at night and you're trying to go to bed and it races through your mind. And so with this like manifestation tip that I'm sharing with you guys, um, I would say it helped me because I could kind of get it out of my brain onto something physical 
and then do with it as I please. So some people burn it, but we're not like chaos, chaos witches. So like you don't have to burn it. <laughs> but, huh? I said, but if you want to wake up and choose chaos, <laughs> then who are we to stop you? <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I did as far as like the intention behind um, my goals and, and manifestation. Now, some people, um, when they talk about manifestation, they don't do any ritual, but I will say you, it's very important to write down your goals and ambition somewhere, even if it's on your phone. I like pen and paper, like I said previously in the episode, but do whatever works for you. Um, and then anytime you're doing something towards your goal. So whenever I would get my paycheck, since we're talking about finances, um, I would look at it, figure out, um, so what am I going to do to um, bring myself closer to my goals and ambitions? And I would ask myself that every time I got paid, ask yourself, like, what am I going to do with this money? Now, for some people, I want to acknowledge really fast that, like, some people are, like, in dire straits and, like, their paycheck is their paycheck and they're living paycheck to paycheck every single one am I correct in saying that yes um and I think mostly this advice we're kind of aiming towards like single folks like us right because we're not taking into account any kids um I don't have any pets I'm not (laughs) tied to anything yeah um but even if you are like I I remember when I first started saving money, I did have like issues with my car. Like shit just pops up out of nowhere. Just because your goals kind of shift does not mean life stops happening. It just means that you're trying to live with more purpose in one aspect or a few aspects of your life. So I do want to acknowledge that. Like, you know, it's very easy to say, especially when like, I'm not you, the listener, and I have no idea what you're going through. But I think that, with manifestation, it's important to understand that we're just trying to calm our minds and do something to like get in the mindset of change because what we're doing is breaking old habits, even if it's even if it's things that you have never seen before, you've never learned about, you never heard of like debt to income ratio, for example, like you know, just concepts and things that are new to you and you're just like, okay, I'm still learning. It's important to kind of wrap your brain around that and understand every single day that like, okay, I'm going through some growing pains right now, but I have to remember my goal. And I guess that is what I want to stress when it comes to manifestation and like writing these things down, um, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the woo woo side. Um, anything tangible that you want to add? It's a little bit harder because the banks aren't really open and there's a coin shortage. But one of my, I guess, manifestations or one of my things, physical things that I would see to like add up money is just getting a jar and filling change with it and knowing that it was going to add to like whatever, how much money I was going to save in that I would pay off my credit card bill with or pay off something with. So that was my physical, like, this is going to help me in my financial goals 
And I guess you could call it a manifestation for lack of a better word. Cause I felt like I was like bringing about abundance without knowing an exact monetary figure. That's absolutely correct. Um, because, you know, when you put your money in your jar, um, it's, it's something that, like I said, you see physically, you know, it's, and it's really hard because we live in such a digital age. So I know like millennials were like looking at our money on an app and it's not that we forget that that's cash, but it just all seems like not real. And so when we see like our debt, when you see your credit card debt of like $500 and you're like, I don't fucking have $500 to pay this off with. You know, if you have your money jar, for example, like you said, you can be like, okay, this is something tangible I can see. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and I want to say what we did, and similar to the manifestation that I was talking about, is when we were saving for Boston, like, we wrote a vision board on the fridge. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, not only did we write a vision board, but you had, like, peaks and valleys involved with it. Like, this is the time where it's going to suck. This is the period of the month where you can have more money at this point. We should be at our highest point, and da-da-da-da-da. Again, I personally got derailed because I was with a money leech who fucked my car up, but mm-hmm. I digress. That, well, even then, like, I was like, shit, I don't know how this is going to turn out. I'm going to owe $500 to my insurance. You're like, time to pull up the vision board again. Yeah, I think what really helped from my perception in watching you is that when you write stuff down and we were writing down the vision board, did you not, like, feel like, okay, in my head, it's a lot worse. But when you write it down, you look at it, it's not as bad yes and i think part of that is like when you write it down it's very linear and when it's in your head it's just spiraling spiraling around like you know that game of trouble and you just like push the dice over and over again it pops up and like goes in all different directions that's Mm -hmm. what it feels like when you think about like bills and how much you can realistically save but if you write it down whether it's digital or pen to paper or marker to fridge it's much easier to manage is there any resources that you utilized whether that's people books um online platforms to help you get a better understanding of money and the things that you didn't learn now that i'm older i talk to my mom about money more specifically retirement Mm-hmm. Because she's always, well, not always, but since I was about 25, she's been impressing the importance of retirement and having a retirement fund onto me. And the idea if I do like XYZ, then I could be a millionaire by 40. But I don't really care about being a millionaire by 40. I do care about being relatively comfortable. So that's really steered me into the direction of being able to save for retirement and think seriously about saving for retirement. Um, and unfortunately, like, the rest of it is just a lot of trial and error. I have started reading, like, the finance section of BuzzFeed whenever, and that's, like, a very loose way to put it, um, whenever there are, um, listicles about credit and money savings, I read into that, um, and I realize I even have, like, some 
old ideas about credit and what will help boost your credit. Like there was one example in there about there's this myth. If you pay off like a loan or a car payment or some of that, then that'll boost your credit. And that's kind of a maybe because all it really shows is that you have the money to pay these installed payments and not like being able to spend a certain amount of money and then decrease that over time. Like, I think that credit is something that um, is hard to establish, but once it's established, you can't fuck it up. And if you do fuck it up, it'll take years to repair. Hmm. And so. But it's not impossible. It's not impossible. I'm living proof that it's not impossible. And I'm going to be super candid because now it, my situation's better. But when I left my boyfriend, I had so much debt and mayhem in my life. My credit score went from like 750 to like 500. Ouch. <laughs> I, because I, I let it get so bad. And that was, let's see, that was... Um, I was 24. Yeah, I was 24. I'm I'm knocking on 30. It's back now, so my credit is better, back to almost what it was. But it it took and and honestly, I fucked off for a lot of years, so don't get get it twisted like I I really started caring about this a couple years ago. But to to put it into focus, like I did have to pay off some stuff and you think like, oh, it's going to boost my credit score, mm-hmm. but really you're establishing credit worthiness. So when you pay it off, a lot of times your credit score goes down temporarily and it goes mm-hmm. back up eventually, but you're really just proving to the credit bureau that you're good with money right. and we're not. So, <laughs> um, just such a weird thing to have to prove all the time. Yeah, and I feel like one thing I do want to touch on, I know we're getting kind of long, but my speaking of my ex-boyfriend and I and there was a comment about this on Facebook when I posted the question, but a lot of people had unfortunately close family members, a lot of times their parents ruin their credit before they're 18. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, that happened to my ex-boyfriend. So, like, we have a complicated relationship, but I think that those are really real struggles that people who are, um, I'll just go ahead and say it, who are people of color and poor and their parents are desperate and they don't know a whole lot in my cell phone store where I had like someone who just turned 18 and their credit was horrible. Like they couldn't even get a phone. Oh my gosh. And I'm sure they were surprised. Yeah, they were surprised. They, and then we call the credit bureau and they are like, I don't have that in my name. And, and it turns out that their parents put that stuff in their name and ruin their credit before they can even begin. And it's so common amongst young people especially in this era within the last like 30 years since we've been alive I'm sure um and that's the thing that rich people 
don't understand and, and I even I'm not rich and I didn't grow up rich but like we don't think that that can happen and then my own parents were like how could they do that like I would never think to do that to you guys and it happens all it happens every day it's happening as we speak that's terrifying and so fucking tragic yeah so like I mean I know it's easy for me to talk about like manifestation and like you know things to like help you get out of debt and trust me I was in a lot of debt like over it's like in the teens okay of thousands but mm-hmm. you know to acknowledge that sometimes people are dealt a really shitty hand and on top of that weren't taught anything about money and then they really have to do it by themselves yeah by themselves and so the comment that i'm referencing on facebook um they had to dig themselves out of that and i believe that they did according to what i read but um you know, with that, it comes, like you said, with a lot of trial and error. Error. And so the things that I've read that might help you guys, to get back onto the question, um, I started taking a look at a lot of videos on YouTube, and I know, <laughs> y'all know I love YouTube, but there are a lot of... Um, I wouldn't say financial gurus. There's a lot of just regular ass like influencers that talk about money and how they um, overcame finances. So take a look at those. Like I learned from other people in in their everyday life. Um, there's also the Budget Nista, which I follow her on Instagram. I first found her from the Real, and then she was on a podcast. Actually, um, I think it was the Sex Magic podcast. Oh. I think she was on there. I can't remember, but her story is she saved $40,000 and she was a teacher and someone pretty much scammed her into spending her life savings on a scam, like I said. And so she worked her way out of that situation. So she has a really interesting story, but she has a lot of free information on her website. Um, And then I talk to my dad a lot more. We used to butt heads a lot, but now that we have better communication styles, um, I feel like I can talk to him about money. But if you don't have that type of support system, there's a lot of information on the internet and I'm more than willing to talk to you guys about this stuff. Mm -hmm. Because I'm actually pretty passionate about it now since... You know, I'm on the other side, kind of, and I'm, I'm like, Ugh, more people need to like talk about this stuff because, like, you can really fuck your life up. Oh yeah, and I feel like finances fuck people up every day, and you are one scam or bail away from being fucked, or unfortunate circumstance from being fucked. Yeah, and there's a lot of scams out there, but, um. Is there anything that you would tell your, um, not yourself, but maybe if you were to come across an impressionable young person who's like 21, um, what would you tell them if it wasn't weird to like randomly talk to people about finances? (laughs) Um. If you're going to get a store credit card, don't get one that you're really going to buy from or that you're willing to do impulse shopping from all the time. And really 
map out what your bills look like and what your paycheck will possibly look like if you're salaried you'll know what your paycheck looks like but if you include overtime or commission then do a base and just plan that out as much as you can that's good very good um i would tell them don't be in such a um, don't be in such a rush to spend the money that you are getting. Like, really take your time, figure out what's important. Um, and I would say, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with getting a credit card. I think the main thing that you have to understand is when you buy something on your credit card you need to pay it off within 30 days before right. before the bill cuts because that's how you save on interest <laughs> right right and see i'm so damn impulsive with certain stores i'm like it would have been better if i had just never gotten this credit card yeah um i i've echoed that but i think i only have one nope i have two store credit cards and the rest are just Visa or whatever. Okay. So. We want to say about money and finances. Oh. I don't have anything more to add other than when it comes to your financial health, don't shy away from it and find a support group however you can to talk about it because it doesn't go away. Yeah. Um, if anything, yeah, be proactive in your finances. The earlier you start being proactive, the less mistakes you'll make, like how um, I personally made. Um, and, you know, I would say don't be too prideful to admit that you don't know anything about finances because that's, I think, what some friends of mine have told me is... Mm. They, they didn't think that they had as bad of habits as they thought they were going to have with money. They just thought like, oh, it's easy. But be a little humble about your financial situations and your skills because it's, it is a skill to be um, financially savvy. Mm-hmm. It's one that needs to be practiced every single fucking day. Yep. Until you're old and then you die and then auto pay takes your money. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's it for the episode. We've beat the horse and um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So filthies, if you want to continue this conversation, if you want us to do another episode about Mm -hmm. this, because I talk about this all day, um, DM us at Unpacked Filth. Um, and that's on Instagram and Facebook. And then you can also email us at unpackedfilth at gmail.com. And are we going to have a live this weekend? Next weekend, because this weekend is packed as fuck for me. So E with a C has a life and she doesn't have time for us, but next time. <laughs>
<laughs> which we love to see it. I'm so glad we moved up here and you're just flourishing. I know. I feel like an adult, which is a very strange feeling. I'm proud of you. So, filthies, we will catch you guys next time. And stay filthy. Bye.